Gotham Sound is your one-stop audio solution for microphones, mixers, recorders, podcasting, and wireless. Whether you're looking to rent or buy sound equipment, are working at a church, feature film, a television show, podcast, theater, or a student project, Gotham Sound is here to serve you. With a huge selection of new and used gear, it's your first stop before you buy. Gotham Sound has the pro audio you need to make your project sound true professional. Gotham has been around for 18 years perfecting pro audio. Visit us at GothamSound.com. Ocaso builds high quality, extremely affordable action cameras that enable our customers to capture dynamic moments in life and share their world of difference. In less than nine years, Ocaso has become one of the leading action camera brands worldwide with sales of over a half million units annually. There's a world out there to explore and enjoy while capturing every thrilling experience. Acaso's mission is to inspire and empower more people to join, enjoy, capture, and share the fun of exciting outdoor sports. Visit acasotech.com. It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. We have award-winning director, filmmaker, Stephen Asher with us. And he is uh, actually the director of an HBO film. It's on HBO, HBO Max, called Our Towns. Uh, talks about, uh, well, what life is like in a small town. What's left of the small town? How did we come from the small town? And do we stay in the small town? Hopefully that covers everything. And plus, he's also, uh, this is an incredible book he has called The Filmmaker's Handbook, Anybody, uh, beginning and also the best in the business has this book. It's known as The Bible of Filmmaking. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Great to be here. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bayerdynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth To Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice, total sound control products from Oralex. Enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators. So, uh, you know, I saw the film. It's on HBO, HBO Max, uh, Our Towns, based on the book Our Town. And so uh, HBO came to you and asked you to, to make this film. And... Mm -hmm. uh, First of all, like, wow, when you see how beautiful uh, America is and what you've captured here, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like that I, I'm in a plane and I, and I look and see things from a different perspective. 
And mm-hmm. obviously that was the whole point of this film is to first to see small towns, even towns that we might overlook, you know, is, mm-hmm. is maybe a meaningless or nothingness or, and, but yet you, you know, draw our attention to say, Hey, don't look away. Let's, let's get a deeper look at analysis at small towns. Tell us about your film. Yeah. Well, so uh, this is a film that I made with my wife, Jean Jordan. We produced and directed together and it's based on a book called our towns, uh, by James Fallows and Deborah Fallows, who basically spent five years going around the country. They originally, Jim is a longtime writer for the Atlantic magazine, and he put a blog post on his uh, on the site saying, uh, tell us the story of your town. Why, why do you think we should come here? Something that the national press tends to overlook. And they got a thousand responses, and they spent basically five years going around the country looking at often at both both small cities and towns, uh, looking at how many of them had had some kind of, you know, adversity in their past, some often an economic shock and setback, and then kind of found a, a way to reinvent themselves and go forward. So it's all about kind of dynamic renewal at the local level. Yeah. And the news, they're all over the small towns if something is bad or there's a, a disease or a shooting or something like that. But that wasn't the case here. The, the motivation was to really find out how did we get here? I mean, this is, again, the United States of America and all every town is important. And you wanted to show, yeah. um, you know, and you, you touch on those that are have been marginalized, the homeless as well. I mean, I don't know. Generic question. What was the biggest challenge for you as a as a filmmaker? Well, I think you know. I think one of the big, you know, the, the, one of the biggest things in the approach both to the Fallows project, which uh, was both you know uh, uh, articles in a book, and then this film, is we didn't want to go at it the way national media often see the country as kind of red state versus blue state. You know, your opinion versus my opinion, because what we found in these towns were people working on local issues together. And if you don't ask those big kind of broad, who did you vote for questions, you have a much more interesting conversation about what life really means to people. And it goes way beyond politics. And, yeah, you know, thank we've God had it wasn't f- about politics, except for a change, you know? It's yeah, nice exactly. See, like really good filmmaking, which this is. And right. again, it's like, um, I don't know, Steve Jobs made some sort of a comment when he said he wanted the apps on the iPhone to be like you could lick them, that they're so colorful and beautiful. And the yeah. colors and the portrait that you do in capturing America. It's yeah. just amazing. You have to share the camera that you use, which I'm sure is only probably thirty thousand dollars. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, it's not. It's not that much. But we we used a range of cameras: Sony FS7s, and uh, we had a drone. Brian Harvey, who shot with me, uh, we you know we would shoot on the ground. But you know we we wanted to tell this story that one of the things the Fallows did was fly around the country. They have a very tiny little two person uh, plane to get to places that were very hard to get to otherwise. And so we really wanted to tell the story, you know, kind of from 4,000 feet, which is where their plane flies, much lower than commercial flights, where you can see the country in a different way and see how towns are settled in different neighborhoods. Then uh, using drones, which go up to 400 feet and you get a more intimate view and then on the ground level. So we really, both capturing the kind of physical landscape and the human landscape was a, a big part of what this project is about. Yes. What's interesting, I thought, the psychology, why do people stay in small towns? Sometimes you go someplace and you say, well, you know, it's like Cleveland. Uh, I was there one day for a month. That's a joke. And, uh, you know, but but there's a reason, though, 
that people right. have their roots there. And it's yeah. more than just, you know, the aesthetics, the beauty of it. There's there's a reason that keeps them there. And uh, yeah. it's about the continuity that, you know, they feel that they can be there uh, to make a difference, to be able yes. to add something to the community. You showed ex NFL football player who went back to his hometown. Yes. Uh, tell us a little about this psychology. Why do people stay in these small yeah, towns? Well, so it, it's actually much more interesting than just staying. A lot of the people that we talked to had grown up someplace, gone away, often to a larger city to work for a while, and then decided that they wanted to come back to where they were from uh, because they either because of family connections or quality of life or the ability to buy a house, which you can't do, you know, in the Bay Area, uh, whatever. Uh, all sorts of reasons why living in a town that, you know, that's big enough to be interesting, but small enough where you really have a sense of community and uh, an engagement with that. When we were making the film, we fortunately, we finished shooting just before the pandemic hit. So we could not have done this film, you know, after the COVID hit. Right. Um, and at the time, you know, we one of the p- towns that we film in is Bend, Oregon, which has a lot of remote workers. And we actually kind of explained the idea of remote work, which now, of course, is done by everyone everywhere. So there's no need to explain it. But it has changed the relationship of Americans to where they are. You can now live pretty much anywhere if you've got internet and work pretty much anywhere you know, depending on what your job is, but it just opens up this possibility to live where you want and work elsewhere if that if that's what you want to do. And it, so it really changes the relationship of, um, you know, the, the values you have about your life and your employment. So that makes sense because, you know, I grew up in Long Island, New York. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you think the world revolves around the Yankees, the Giants and all that. And you go to other places. And I remember actually, it was, it was for a job in radio in a place called Eveleth, Minnesota. And it did take a tiny little plane to get there very mm-hmm. much like this film. And I remember thinking, you know, you go to the airport and it shows like the honor society. If you want like a meatloaf sandwich, you got to leave the dollar in the thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, it just blew mm-hmm. my mind that there was any other place than New York. And you mentioned that in the film that, you know, people think that the only places worth going are the big places. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Um, but their lives and their good lives uh, all across America with, uh, with small towns. You talk about the farmers. Yeah, well, and, you know, um, we actually, we were, as part of promoting the film, we were on a podcast with James Carville, who was making the point that he said, you know, if you leave Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C., People there think anybody who lives anywhere else, you know, wishes they lived in Washington, D.C., and they can't understand why would you move to Louisiana? And he's like, I like it here. And the people here like it here. They don't want to go to that city. That's not their idea of a better life. And it's really a kind of prejudice of people in in cities right. and often on the coast that they think, you know, real life is happening where they are. It's not happening someplace else, which is definitely not true. That's true. Well, tell our audience about, you know, the book, which this movie is based on. Of course, it's on HBO, HBO Max, Our Towns, which uh, aired when? It was just yesterday. Uh, so, it just premiered, it? but it's it's uh, streaming on HBO Max. So on HBO anybody, Max. anybody can and, dial into that. Mm-hmm, for sure. And because uh, well, I saw it, I'm telling everyone to watch it. <laughs> it's great because it was, it, first of all, I, you know, thank God that you can make movies like this and films that actually talk about things that matter, that are wholesome, yep. that include people. It's not just, uh, 
anyway, cheap shot celebrity type of, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's real life. And it's real uh, life. Often, yeah. The real people in this world don't get included in real right. life film. And so tell our audience about the book, which this is based on our town. And, and again, why you made the film. Well, uh, you know, starting with, you know, Jim and Deb's reporting, which is the, the fact, you know, we are two married couples that made this film, Jim and Deb and Jeannie and I, and we share the same belief that we want to tell people stories from their point of view and not overlay out an outsider's perspective. And the fallows would go to these towns and ask what was going on and try to tell this story. Uh, you know, Jim is a is a historian and is very interested in kind of the arc of whether a town is going up or going down and what are the forces that are, are making that happen. I mean, one of the things he says, which is kind of a, a, a keynote for the film, is that the country has always been in trouble throughout its history and it's always getting itself out of trouble. And so we were looking, you know, they were looking at the things that towns have gone through and the things they do to pull themselves out of it and what what are the things that make a, a community dynamic. And then when Jeannie and I were hired to make this film about their project, we went to um, cities all over, you know, we went to eight cities, uh, which ranged from, you know, the farthest east you can get in the United States, Eastport, Maine, a tiny little town of 1,300 people up in the corner, uh, on the Atlantic next to Canada to San Bernardino, California, which is a, a, a you know, a city of 200,000. Uh, we were looking at, you know, some places we went like Columbus, Mississippi, because they have a, a really interesting program to kind of look at their racial history and how the civil war uh, impacted the town and reconstruction. Uh, we were looking at Bend, Oregon, which is fascinating because it was a thriving lumber town and then in the 80s, they had an incredible uh, crash in that industry, and they had the highest unemployment in the country, and they've reinvented themselves as a tourist destination, and now it's this thriving, growing town. So we were really interested in, you know, what did that success look like? And there are both benefits and costs to that success. So, it, it, you know, and also Bend is one of the most astonishingly beautiful places. It to really live. was. And if, forgive um, me if I have this wrong. Hopefully I have it right. That One of the, the benefits of being there is when it, it snows, that it's a given that the employees are going to show up around 1130 or 12 exactly. o'clock. If there's fresh powder, who wouldn't want to live there for that? Exactly. <laughs> and, and so the, what, a, what a wonderful concept that people come to live here because the natural environment and recreation is so important to them. And employers recognize that and say, fine, if you get your work done, come in when it works for you. You know, we're okay with you coming in late because there's a good, good snowfall today. Yeah. And how about the word balance for a change? That's nice. People actually going to a small town so they could find the equilibrium and balance and maybe something we don't hear about all the time, wholesomeness in many, yeah. in many occasions. But no small town is perfect. We're going to come back with uh, Stephen Asher. He's an Academy Award nominated filmmaker and writer. And boy, he's done a lot of work. If you look him up, uh, last name, A-S-C-H-E-R, Stephen Asher. And uh, also he has a book that's called The Filmmaker's Handbook. The Filmmaker's Handbook known as like the Bible uh, when it comes to filmmaking. 
And so we're going to come back. We're going to learn more about the uh, film, a documentary on HBO, HBO Max called Our Towns right after this. Sennheiser has been continuously setting trends in the audio industry. Wherever people care passionately about recording, transmitting, or playing sound, Sennheiser will be there. Artists, disc jockeys, scientists, sound technicians, or demanding music lovers, the Sennheiser name always stands for premium products, headphones, microphones, and all-around audio solutions, the ultimate in sound quality. Sennheiser. Okay, we're back with Stephen Asher, who is the Academy Award-nominated uh, filmmaker and writer. And uh, can can you just tell the audience, just uh, you know, uh, since I asked, uh, your your body of work is extensive. And, yeah. and not only that, can I just mention you've also been a professor, traveling professor to Harvard University and MIT. Yep. Yes, I mean I've I've been do, I've been doing plowing this field since I was you know 19 years old, and I'm you know so it's been a long time and. Uh, you know, I, I would say one of the things that has kind of uh, shaped my career is that when I first started working, you know, there a lot of times when you work in the film industry, you pick a kind of a craft path, like you're either a camera person or an editor or a producer or a writer. And I kind of happily fell in with a group of people who were working at MIT doing documentaries who had the idea that one or two people could do everything and kind of shape a film the way an author shapes a book, that there's no reason that you have to have somebody else do the editing or somebody else do the writing. And that's then, uh, you know, as I got older and then uh, met my wife, Jeannie, and we started making films together, that's kind of empowered us to tell, you know, often if you look at our films, uh, you know, very personal stories, which we can do just the two of us, you know, mm -hmm. we can shoot, edit it, produce it, write it. And that allows us to tell a kind of story that you can't do if you need to hire a large crew and get mu that much more money to uh, pay for the film. And uh, in a way that also plays out in our new film, Our Towns, which we produced, directed, edited. Um, and I, uh, I also do some of the camera work. Yeah, I mean, if I was doing the film, just saying, um, I, I wouldn't know like what to edit because it all looked beautiful. And when you look at the <laughs> when you look at the footage, was that yeah. hard? I mean, seeing such beauty from above, I mean, it's like you know, it's God's creation. Uh, yes, is is it hard to know what to leave out? Well, it's you know, it, it, this is a story that's made up of a lot of short portraits in of people in different towns, and then a bunch of towns together. It, it was hard to kind of weave those together into a tapestry that would feel like it made sense and carry you through a feature-length film. That's a big challenge. So, yes, that part is that it's always hard to know what to exclude, um, but. Jeannie and I are really good at being hard on the material and mm -hmm. not keeping something just because it's beautiful, but saying, you know, does it really serve the story or not? Yeah. Stephen, what was weird to me in watching the film, though, you know, it's there's so many services that, you know, towns offer for people and for people who are marginalized, let's just say homeless people or uh, they didn't even realize, you know, there was this um, this woman in the film. She asked this homeless person, do you have any income? And he said, yes. And she looked shocked. <laughs> he said, I have $300 a month. Yeah. And he said he had been homeless for, I don't know, 25 years or so. Right. And she said, you know, there is such a thing as affordable housing. And he just looked. He shocked, couldn't believe that like, he could. Okay, how well, come I don't know this? Why didn't anybody yeah. tell me this? And who is really out to help people that are in need? 
in small towns. And so some people actually give a darn <laughs> right. in helping people. And that's kind of what this film was about. But I was amazed that he didn't know that he could have been living in a house. Well, you know, in California, getting housing for $300 a month is not easy to do. So, he, you know, that's not something you would know. I mean, I, I would say, like, one of the programs that we highlight in the film, which I think is such an incredible model for other towns, is, is West Invest in Charleston, West Virginia, which is a program that was, it was started by two cops. And it, it, it invites teachers and police to move into what they call challenged neighborhoods. Uh, it gives them money to help fix up a house. The work, so which benefits the community to have police uh, living in the neighborhood and teachers so that, you know, they, they know the neighborhood, the neighborhood knows them, they're better at what they do. And then the, the repair work, which is done by uh, Catalyst Ministries there, uh, it, they hire felons who are near to being released from prison. They pay them wages. They get, you know, they're getting them basically back on their feet and ready to get back in the workforce. You know, as they say, if you don't have a felony, we don't want to talk to you. <laughs> and they do the all the construction work. So it's this incredible win-win-win for the town, for these people, and for the future. Stephen, do you have to care about like what what you do as far as the content? I mean, is this like the kind of how can I say this? You have to it has a purpose, a, a cause. This film. Do all mm -hmm. your films have a purpose and a cause? And how much do you have to care about the content? They're all about the content. I mean, the the form and the whatever the visual aspect is all in service of the story and what it's about. So, I mean, we've done. A lot of different films. We did a film called Troublesome Creek about Jeannie's family's farm in Iowa, uh, which is, uh, you know, about this year in which they had to uh, come up with a way to raise $200,000 or lose their farm. Uh, and it's all about, um, you know, it's about family. It's about economics. It's about the changing agricultural landscape. So every story we do is about you know, we think important issues. That's why we do them. Uh, the filmmaking part is in service of of telling that story and and making those issues that can sometimes seem dry if you read them in a in a newspaper feel vivid and alive and memorable for the audience. Yeah, I have to say, you know, just uh, taking just an interest in in filmmaking and thinking about it or or reading about it, um, people in filmmaking are very passionate, very creative, yes. passionate people, and so. Uh, if you go on YouTube and you and you look at the the filmmakers handbook and what aspiring filmmakers or those that have been doing it, they look yeah. relieved. I mean, the book is like this big, and right. they it, it was a sign of relief to many people that it covers everything again yeah. by Stephen Asher, the book, the filmmakers uh, handbook, uh, a comfort to people who don't know right uh, where to turn or what to do, and that it covers everything and uh, yeah. And the people were very passionate. They were holding it like like a, a little blankie. Right. Know, well, I will book. tell you, you know, uh, uh, one of the basic things about filmmaking is it's incredibly hard. It's really hard to make a film. It's really hard to make a good film, even for people who've been doing it for years. So uh, when you said, you know, filmmakers are really passionate, you have to be really passionate or you're not going to get through it. You're not going to finish it. You're not going to find the money. Uh, you're not going to get it out in the world, which is also really hard to do. And, you know, I really wanted the book to kind of, and it, the first time I wrote it, I was teaching at MIT and I wanted a book that talked about the things that 
I needed to know to be a filmmaker. And I felt like there were no books out there that did that. And as I keep, I have to rewrite it every five years because the technology completely right. changes. And I think the new, the new edition uh, is the, is the most kind of, it's both a really technically complex world now. So you do need help. You can't get it all the web off the web. I mean, you, yes, you can get into individual details, but there's so many things on the web that presume that you already know things. And the book starts you with, you may not know anything about this. Let me help you understand the basics you need to know. And then let me help you understand the really complex stuff enough so that you can then go off and do it or ask more questions about it. So mm -hmm. it really is meant to be a kind of partner to you in everything that is involved in making a film. Okay, we're going to be right back with Stephen Asher. He is an Academy Award-nominated director and writer. And also, he's the author, as we mentioned, The Filmmaker's Handbook, which is a best-selling text. He has taught filmmaking uh, as a visiting professor at Harvard. And uh, people call this uh, his work, Filmmaking at Its Finest. So we're talking to the master here and one humble guy, but he's done a lot. So people who are into film or actors pay attention. You know, Stephen Asher will be right back with him. And of course, the film Our Towns on HBO, streaming on HBO Max. You could watch that now, actually. We'll be right back after this. Start your fragrance line and make money with BostonPerfumery.com. Design custom cologne or perfume using natural ingredients. Imagine 10% butterscotch, 20% sandalwood, and 70% vanilla dark. Choose any scents and any percentage from the Boston Perfumery Sun Chart, then name your custom fragrance. Visit bostonperfumery.com. Again, bostonperfumery.com. Everyone deserves a signature scent. Okay, we're back with Stephen Asher, who is an Academy Awarded uh, nominated director and writer. You cause us to not look away. You know, in, in society, we might see uh, people in small towns uh, again, it's amazing, and I'm embarrassed to say this as a human being, that we don't attribute as much importance to people unless they are maybe a celebrity or someone that we think is on television. But most everybody lives in small towns or just towns in general. And, you know, you cause us to not be able to look away. We have to look at the reality of this and you do it in a, um, you know, in a way that uh, is very humanizing. You ever yeah. have any difficulty as far as coming home after the filming? No, no, I would say, well, yes. I mean, obviously there's things that you see that are painful, but a couple of things. One is, so that you're, you're talking about, there's a scene in the film about the, 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 the point in time count in San Bernardino, California, where volunteers go out and uh, interview homeless people around the city to find out where they are so that services can be brought to them. And one of the things that I think is most powerful about that scene is it's a human to human connection between people experiencing homelessness and the people who are volunteering to help. I think sometimes in society, people tend to see the homeless as a kind of different type of human or not a human or some kind of abstract concept. They are people. Each of the people in this in the film has different reasons why they're homeless. In one case, a man says that his mother died. Uh, anyway, that there's this you really have a sense that everyone we're all equal people and you know, we're we're not interested in filming celebrities because celebrities are more interesting than ordinary people, uh, and ordinary people live in cities and towns. It's not a question of how much density there is. But I think one of the things that I, I really hope people see this film because 
One of the things that we have heard from both friends and critics and people out in the world is that it is that there's a kind of healing quality to seeing this film and feeling who Americans are and not, uh, we're not making some big statement about what defines an American, but just experiencing people, individuals living their lives often against struggle, uh, often making great progress. uh, But it's a different view of America than you will see typically on cable television. And it's not the national narrative about toxic conflict between Americans. It's about people on a local level who see each other as people and and are working to make their towns better. Your guides in this journey are James and Deborah Fallows, who are wonderful people and so curious about the world. Jim is uh, quite famous as a reporter for The Atlantic. He's written you know, many, many books. He has a wonderful moment in the film where he talks about if he weren't a journalist, he's very shy. And he said, you know, if I was left to my own devices, I wouldn't talk to anybody. But because I'm a, a, a reporter, I can go out and meet people and find out about their lives, uh, which I couldn't do if I didn't have this job. So it's a really kind of wonderful take on uh, what it means to explore the world and, and how journalism uh, makes that possible. Mm-hmm. Is there a, a takeoff or a, a spinoff or a second series of this? Will people request more episodes of something like this or well, we, uh, we, or would it be something different? Uh, no, I mean, we wanted to make a, a feature length documentary that would be complete in itself. But uh, Jim and Deb have been doing this kind of reporting for many years and they're going to keep doing it. So they they will they have started an Our Towns kind of foundation that will support this kind of journalism and they'll keep doing it because, you know, they got an important story to tell about the country and uh, telling the stories of what's really going on on the ground uh, around the country. Yeah. Well, there was something in the film that I thought was interesting. Again, the film Our Towns on HBO, HBO Max streaming. Uh, And they had it in a a different language, they said. I don't know if this was uh, an American Indian. I'm not sure, but... The Tatamayan Hone. Yeah. yeah. What was that? Yeah, we'll get to that. I was going to yeah. say that, you know, when you go to a, a, a town or anywhere, really, but since this is about towns, uh, it starts by the niceties and the introduction as far as how are you and people say the things that they think that they should say, you know, the niceties right. uh, when you meet someone. And then right. as you get to know that person more and more, then they tell you what they really think about, right. you know, what we, I, that was kind of profound. Could you tell us yes. about that? Well, so uh, Jim and Deb have lived and reported from all over the world. They lived in Japan and China uh, for many years. And Deb tells a story about in in Japanese, there are these two words, tatamai and hone. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing them perfectly, but uh, that when you first meet somebody, they tell you what they think you want to hear and they're polite and they that's the take you get. But the more you talk to them, eventually, as she says, they can't help themselves. They tell you what they really think. <laughs> and that really is kind of how we make films is that we spend enough time with people that they want to just tell you what they really think and not the uh, pre-processed thing that they, they think you want to hear. Yeah, right. Now, we could all relate to that, you know, how you just meet someone and then uh, and then I don't know. I always had a hard time in the Midwest just personally. I don't know if, I'm, if from being from New York is abrasive yeah. <laughs> whenever I've gone to the Midwest, but it never turns out well uh, for some reason. I don't know why, but 
Uh, you know, maybe it's, you know, saying things like the mall and uh, yeah, there's things like from Long Island. I mean, I think I'm from New York also. And I think there's a way that especially, I mean, somewhat on the East, but particularly in New York, there's a kind of assumption that there's a you have you're in conflict with people that you meet, you know, that people in New York don't say hello to each other in the street. They don't make eye contact. Uh, you have to worry about, you know, who you might be running into and you get into the rest of the country and there is a different assumption about who people are and they greet each other. And, uh, you know, I think New York in particular, you know, there's a kind of disconnect between how you relate to other people and, pretty much everywhere else in the country. Yeah. It's funny. Maybe you could do like a thing, like a little handbook on that, where, you know, if you go to Long Island, you say, did you eat? Uh, and they yeah. say, what do you mean? That's, that's mean, did you eat? Did right. You eat? Well, De Deb is actually a linguist. And one of the things she has really paid attention to are the kind of local, both how the words people use and also the things they like to talk about. And for example, I believe it's in Missouri, St. Louis, she was saying that uh, that the second question, you know, like in in many places, the first question, you know, what's your name? And the next question is, what do you do? And right. then the, there, the second question is, where'd you go to high school? It, it just is. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're just, you know, the kind of local ideas about how to talk and how to relate to each other, really interesting, divert, you know, interestingly diverse around the country. Yeah, well, I know you, you have a lot of interviews that you're doing. We'll let you go. Uh, Stephen Asher is an Academy Award-nominated director and writer. He is the author of The Filmmaker's Handbook, a best-selling text, and has taught filmmaking at Harvard University and also MIT. And his latest film is airing on HBO Max called Our Towns. And you've heard about it. You know, if you really want a good documentary that talks about uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Everything about living in a small town, why people live there and stay there and, and thrive there, then Our Towns is uh, for you. And uh, there's even a town that, you know, raises circus people. I don't know. <laughs> Some town there where I think it's like 500 people who these are kids and they even treated like social work and dealing with issues through through circus, learning how to be in the circus. I mean, this is the kind of thing you could expect. There's some, you know, and, and beautiful, beautiful cinematography from Stephen Asher. You could really learn a lot. Um, last question I have for you is that was there a favorite food or even a favorite place and all your wow. travels during this film? Uh, it pretty much everywhere we went, we, you know, we would be on the ground for, you know, a few days and we just say, God, we, we could definitely live here. It's just, you know, really interesting or really beautiful or um, so unusual. Um, so I, I don't, there wasn't one place that st stood out, but they, when you see the film there, all of these places are really compelling uh, and and different people write to us saying, you know, they love the film. And then I really want to move to fill in, you know, Eastport, Charleston, Redlands, California, which you were just mentioning, where they have uh, the, the, the YMCA has a circus program. Um, these r remarkable things going on that once you see them, you see what what's so amazing about this country. Yeah, absolutely. This is a film, uh, you know, a lot of people, you say people, by the way, especially during the pandemic, you've saved people money on plane flights. Thanks to your beautiful cinematography right. and showing people all the different towns, you know, yeah. in cities in America, Stephen Asher, and get his book also, The Filmmaker's Handbook, and see his movie. 
Our Towns on HBO Max. You're a gem and you've done an incredible body of work. And thank you for uh, just, you know, getting people who are into filmmaking, you know, uh, building them up and even making careers because uh, of how thorough you've been. We appreciate you very much being on the program. God bless you. Well, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Our sponsors with over 90 years experience in developing audio electronics. Bayer Dynamics stands for innovative audio products with the highest sound quality and pioneering technology. Two business divisions, consumer and installation, provide tailored solutions for professional and private users. All products are developed in Germany and primarily manufactured by hand. From headphones to microphones and conference and interpretation systems. For more information, please visit north-america.bearedynamic.com. And by Vocal Booth to Go carries a complete line of products and accessories specifically designed for voiceover actors, audio professionals, podcasters, producers, and studio owners to help them get professional results for their clients. It's your go-to place for sound treatment, soundproofing, portable, and mobile vocal booths. Visit VocalBoothToGo.com for more information. And Oralex Acoustics has one mission, to make you sound your best. Thousands of satisfied Oralex customers have experienced improved acoustics, along with free expert advice. Total sound control products from Oralex enjoy widespread use among prominent artists, producers, engineers, and corporations worldwide. Remember, it's not your gear, it's the room. Visit Oralex.com for more information. And great audio starts with great gear. And Zoom's 30-year reputation promises quality and affordability. Visit zoom-na.com today for recorders, audio interfaces, effects pedals, and more. We're Zoom, and we're for creators.